You're listening to the inaugural episode of the Thought Feeder Podcast with your hosts, Joel Goodman and John Steven Stancil. We originally weren't going to release this episode as our first one, but with the urgency around COVID-19, we thought it was probably better. So thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy it. You've all felt it. You're probably currently feeling it. Um, If you're listening to this later, you're having very traumatic memories of the week that was. Um, We are, of course, talking about the COVID-19 pandemic that has made it to the United States and has affected pretty much every university, every business, every every person, um, unless you're in denial, and some people are, but most places are struggling. And uh, our friend and, and host here, JS, is in the middle of handling all of that for the university that he works at. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, um, it's... It's been a while. What, what, a, what a month this week has been. Um, <laughs> if you're listening now, we're recording on March 16th, Monday morning. Um, and so far last week, the big news was pretty much every single university has shut down and moved towards online courses. And um, in, the, in the best of times, moving towards online courses would be difficult and without, uh, not without hiccups and, uh, and questions. And to, kind of turn the slow moving ship of a university in just a matter of days is a uh, Herculean effort. And I think communications teams and web teams are all kind of uh, struggling right now to answer the questions students have, um, keep up with event cancellations and keep people safe with, with, with timely and accurate information right now. So I think we can kind of talk about what we've seen, uh, what, you know, I, I'm doing here at the University of Central Arkansas, and um, and what what we have coming up. I mean, I want to I want to hear first off about kind of what you are seeing on social media in higher ed, and and you know you you've been tweeting a lot. I mean, you do this anyway, uh, you know, with just normal days, but the you know the uh, sort of uh, you could call it like light abuse, maybe heavy abuse uh, that some social media and post, you know pretty much all social media managers uh, get on a day in and day out because of this um, you know this kind of this kind of social uh, forgetfulness that there's an actual human being on the other side of the Twitter handle or the Facebook name. Um, what what exactly you know what what have you been dealing with in specifics? I mean, what are what are students uh, asking about? What are parents asking about? Are people scared? Are people just frustrated? Is it, you know, what's, what's, what's it been like on the other side of, of, of your social media accounts? I think it's a combination of everything. You know, it's kind of what you would get in any sort of crisis situation, just a request for, for more, more information and more knowledge. Um, people want that information and they want it right now, even though, you know, some of these decisions take a considerable amount of time um, before they're made and 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 then communicated. So um, one thing I'm noticing that you know I've, I've handled so many crises in my time in, in higher ed uh, and, and running social media professionally, from major floods to snow days, which we've all yeah, had. Sure. Um, you know, I uh, did uh, Hurricane Harvey for uh, Texas Department of Transportation, but in each of those, I felt very. And I think every social media manager feels kind of isolated and alone because it's happening at your institution and you're the only one dealing with it. The thing different here is every college campus is dealing with this right now. So we have the advantage of 
you know, our community of other social media managers. Um, we, you know, here in Arkansas, we were kind of hit later than most states. Right. So we kind of had the advantages of being able to see what other universities were doing, what problems they were having, uh, what was working well, what didn't, and were able to, um, for the most part, uh, learn, learn from that. Uh, the questions that we're getting right now are mainly, um, uh, you know, question we had last week was, you know, when are you going to move to online courses? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so everyone else is doing it. Why haven't you done exactly. it yet? Yeah. Um, and I think this week is going to be some of the questions about how the online courses are going to work. Right. Both from faculty, a lot, a lot from parents, you know, a lot of questions like what about lab classes and art classes and things that don't really easily translate to online. Um, we're going to be talking about graduation ceremonies, uh, if those are going to be how those are going to be rescheduled or if there's going to be an online component to a, a virtual graduation. Yeah. Um, so uh, all of those little details, I think, are going to come up this week. We've got a lot of questions about um, housing and the library hours being open, what services are still going to be available on campus and for how long. Yeah. I'd, I mean, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the the online course thing, because I think this is um, it, it's it's interesting because it's all you know, it's all kind of hitting the fan right now all at the same time. Like it's it's forcing a question that shouldn't be a question anymore because, you know, so many institutions have been doing online classes since the, the mid 90s, honestly. Um what what i don't know how how are how are you how are you feeling on the side of having to deal with this like i think for me as as sort of a as sort of an observer of this industry that you know that i've worked in for you know almost 15 years and uh someone that has an on a master's degree that was done completely online and who has worked you know on the institutional side having to help people implement these classes i think it's there there's a it's weird how slow it has taken so many institutions to figure out how to do this. You know, they've been very cautious. I mean, and we know we're a risk averse industry, been very, very cautious to move to doing online classes. That seems, you know, at this point, like kind of a mistake. I mean, I think a lot of people knew it was a mistake anyways. You start seeing smaller universities and, and colleges have to close down because they can't afford to stay open. Um, you know, now it's now it's kind of, you know, forcing the logistics. And I think on the other side of that is, you know, 10 years ago, this wouldn't have been able to happen either. I mean, maybe people would have been forced into into online classes, but you, I think you probably would have seen a lot more of uh, of of our institutions just taking a massive hit because they didn't know what to do. Right. I, I think that's an excellent point that we looking on the bright side, if this had us 10 years ago, we would have been in a completely different Ball game and probably would have been closing down campuses rather than moving to online courses. And uh, even though many universities are not prepared to, to shift their entire course catalog online, right? Um, you know, it's it's better than shutting down completely. Um, and yeah, definitely. I, and I think there are still advantages to having you know courses online. That it's a it's a good test time for a, a testing ground of some of some of these things. And, and that's kind of what we're seeing, you know, questions from parents about how it's going to work. We have kind of a mix of students. Some are very excited about it and thankful that it's happened. And then yeah. others that are like, hey, uh, I don't want to do this. We also have to consider, you know, 
we're in Arkansas and a lot of our students are going home to very, very, very rural areas where. Yeah. The, the digital divide like really starts to show up here and, and, you know, like, you know, this was something I studied, you know, when I was doing my master's degree, it's, it's, it's a lot more than just a, you know, a digital literacy, you know, how do you use computers? How do you learn online? It's, do you actually have access to an internet connection that's going to allow you to have the same advantages as your classmates? Or do you have access to an internet connection at all in, in a lot of cases, you know? Or even a laptop. I mean, most yeah, of, there yeah. are a lot of students here who their primary device is their phone and they go to yeah. the library to write their papers. Or, right, right. So that's another issue that we're going to have to confront. And, and I think a lot of it's just kind of comes down to flexibility among faculty and understanding, hey, these students are going to be at home. They may not have access to reliable Wi-Fi. Right. The the public K-12 public schools just shut down for two weeks here in Arkansas. So I think a lot of students are going to be default babysitters to younger siblings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's, you know, and that's hard, especially like, you know, how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to do these kind of familial duties that your, you know, that your, your parent or, or guardian is putting on you while also trying to stay engaged in coursework. I, I saw, I saw a tweet earlier, uh, earlier last week, I guess, or towards the end of last week. And uh, a student had said, you know, how much she, you know, hated the idea of learning online because she doesn't, she recognizes that she doesn't learn as well. Like she went and did a traditional program specifically because she knew she was going to uh, respond to the education better and, and, and stay focused. And, you know, like a very, very, like in my opinion, a very responsible way to look at your own education and, and, you know, a very thoughtful way to think through it. And, and that, you know, that does become difficult for sure in, in something like this, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think I probably I have opinions on, you know, kind of like suck it up and learn to be flexible. And that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 they're being forced into these, um, you know, these learning modes that may not be best for, for how they personally learn. And that's, that's, uh, that's going to be difficult. I mean, it goes into all these questions about access. And I mean, you know, it's, it's inclusivity and it's, it's, there's a, there's a kind of edge case for accessibility within all this. Well, definitely. And, and I understand how it can feel harsh to say, you know, suck it up and, <laughs> and, and do it that way. But in reality, we have to look at the fact of, of like, we're all going to be required to make some sacrifices here until right. this blows over. Um, and, you know, it, it's tough and we need to, to handle it with compassion, but also we need to be all, all we all need to be reasonable. And, you know, it, it, it takes all of us. We've all got to be doing our social distancing and, yep. and, and yep. all of that. So, um, again, I, th I think it's a good way to look at it, that we're in a position where we can do this and we're not uh, we, where we don't have to cancel classes. We can do it, do it in another way. Yeah. So another issue is just the, the continued communication that we're going to be have to doing, uh, doing from our social accounts. Yeah. You know, it, it's not over yet and it's going to continue for a long time and people are going to have questions about all sorts of events on campus. Athletics are canceled. We're going to have uh, our cafeteria is still open for the time being. And I, I'm not sure if that's going to change as we're seeing more and more how different states are shutting down bars and restaurants and how right. they're going to apply to our food services here. And those students who are food insecure still having access to the things they need. Are you seeing any uh, or, or are you having to deal with, you know, the the kind of misinformation that's been put out a lot? Like, is is that really playing a role into some of those communication aspects? Or are you are you foreseeing that you might have to deal with that? We are foreseeing it where, you know, uh, when before we moved into 
switched to online mode, we had a, a student that was being tested. Mm. Uh, and this is, it feels like a year ago, but it was less than a week ago. <laughs> it's uh, a few days, yeah. Just a few days ago uh, where the student was, uh, had been in contact, in contact with someone who had tested positive for COVID-19 and um, was being tested and came the test came back negative but while that student was being tested there were all sorts of rumors going around and, and what i'm seeing here is those rumors and this is what worries me and keeps me up at night those rumors are not happening in the public social space they're happening in private groups they're happening in the peer-to-peer networks yeah and we might see little bits of little spots of them here and that pop up here and there on social but we can't really get the full details of where it is and that's where it comes down to putting out information on a regular basis is so important. One thing that we're doing, and I've said, you know, if we don't have something to put out today, we, we're putting a reminder of where you can find that information just so there. Because if you, if you have that, em- if you have that empty space, it's going to be filled by something else. And so you have less of a chance to control the conversation and make sure that it's going in the, uh, you know, in, in fact-based, you know, I guess, truthful ways. And, and, uh, you know, that, that becomes a, that be- does become a serious challenge because yeah, in, in the, in, in, in the space of not have of not, people not getting information, they're going to make something else up or they're going to read something else from somewhere. And I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing if they're reading good sources and, and sourcing it, but yeah. And, and not only that, another thing to watch out for, we ran into when that student was being tested in the comment thread, someone posted some comments that could have revealed the identity of the person. Uh, uh, and where I feel we don't delete comments in that sort of situation, you have to. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you have to stay on, on top of, of, of those comment threads. So you're, you're on call 24 seven to kind of monitor that because that needed to come down almost, you know, as soon as it went up. Right. Well, I mean, I remember t- checking in with you on Friday and asking if you were going to get a weekend at all. Did you get a weekend at all? <laughs> a, a little bit. Um, and, and that comes down to another another topic we need to address is taking care of yourself yeah. and practicing that self-care because this is not going away after a week. We're going to be, be in this for a little while. Um, so kind of settle in for a bit of a marathon. And that re- means taking regular breaks. You know, I put breaks in my calendar of yeah. at, at one o'clock, I am taking a break. It's the best way to do it. And I don't always do it, but since it's in my calendar, I feel a little bit more obligated to it. Or I get that little chime that says, hey, stand up and go get some fresh air. Yeah. And I mean, as, as hard as it is to remember it, you know, it, it is true that five minutes to go take a little walk outside is, you know, is, is, is not going to destroy anything. So, you know, take that when you get back, you might be a minute off something, but it's, you know, it's that it's going to be, it's going to be helpful for your mental health. It's going to be helpful. I mean, for, for your body, just moving around, like go, you know, get, get some movement for sure. I, I think, um, I think there's also, there's also a side of this where for those of you that are, you know, kind of in deep with having to, to read everything and communicate everything and, and live this mental cycle of this is what's going on. Uh, this is my life right now. Just walk outside mm-hmm. like just a couple of minutes. I, I, I think I, it was Friday or Saturday, you know, I had been reading tons of news and following all of it. And, you know, my, some of the work that I'm doing is getting behind because I'm dealing with other clients that are, you know, that are having to deal with, deal with this and having to talk through some of these things with folks. And I stepped outside, it was warm, you know, had a nice breeze going. 
there were still birds mm -hmm. there were you know there's flowers blooming like the the world is still the world is still there and and the air outside is healthy to breathe it hopefully <laughs> depending on where you're at but it i think for for me anyway it does it, it helps kind of reset a little bit of of all the the craziness that's in my head find find something that can do that for you that that you know whether it's walking outside or you know going in your garage and swinging a kettlebell or you know mm -hmm. i don't know just Find find something that can that can kind of break the stress for five ten minutes and then and then get back to it. And that's going to be you know super vital for anyone running social media who has to read all of those comments, right? Yeah, um, because you're going to hear and, and read some things that are going to be break your heart. You're going to want to help people with things that you have no way of helping them with. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, when I was running social media for Hurricane Harvey, which was and a lot of people considered like the first social media crisis, you know, yeah. it wasn't, you know, you know, major disaster that where everybody had a phone, everybody was on social and people were asking for, you know, couldn't get on 911. We're asking right. for on yeah. Twitter and I would get tagged in conversations of, Hey, I'm stuck on a roof yeah. here in, in Houston. It's crazy. You know, me and my office in Austin, Texas back then, there's nothing I can do to help other than point them in the direction of somebody who can. Right. So from you know a social media manager's perspective, who's got to monitor those situations and and you've got to take care of yourself and understand what you can and cannot help with. For for those of you that are that are listening to this as well, that you know, aren't on the front lines of the social media side of things, check in with your social media managers. And even if you are a social media manager, check in with your fellow social media yeah. managers, you know, make, make sure I, I think like, you know, there, there's definitely a lot that those of us that aren't dealing with this day in and day out an hour in and hour out and, you know, by the minute, you know, there are a lot of things we can do to check in with, uh, with our friends and, and colleagues, and they're not always going to think to check in with you because they are, they are busy. Um, and I would say beyond that, I, I don't think anyone, you know, no one that I know in, in the higher ed industry anyway would think this way or think the opposite of this, but feel free to check in with people. Even if you're feeling stressed, like, you know, shoot me a text, shoot me a tweet, shoot me mm -hmm. an email, whatever. Like, you know, give me a call. If you've got my number, I'm happy to uh, happy to have just a quick break in conversation. I think, I think most people are, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't kill their work that they're doing. Right. right. <laughs> like, well, but I, I think definitely it, it helps to make sure that, you know, we do still have a human connection within all this because it, it's, it's hard. It's hard on the media front to, you know, to get past the the sinking se sensation that everyone is terrible or worried or stressed out or whatever. And that just makes you more anxious. And I think that's one one positive I'm finding here is like, like I said, this is not a crisis where it's just you and your university. It's everybody. So if you get on Twitter and look at some of the high ed web communities and um, look at the hashtag HESM yeah. and, and see those conversations happening, there are other people out there and, the, and this is incredibly supportive. People sharing resources, sharing their thoughts, knowing that you're not alone. You know, one thing I've always said about being a, a social media manager is unless you have done it in a crisis, you can't yeah. relate. You can't really understand. Yeah. So there are other people who can do it and, and can can sympathize with what you're going through and you know lately I've, I've seen a lot of uh, people who are new to the profession this might be their first year in the field and this is their first crisis to handle and really can use that support so you know put it out there reach out for help when you need it but also you know give that help too definitely one really great thing to come out of uh, all this, I mean, as great as it can be, because it's still really stressful everywhere. Yeah, uh, we're going to be in it for a while, so let's be positive about what we yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, 
one of the, one of the one of the one of the the really great things is is the number of people that are that are sharing resources online as well um and uh you know js has has a has a good list of folks and you know if you're looking for uh resources on how best to handle this how to think through some of your communication strategy you know even again just how to take care of yourself uh in this space you know these are these are some great resources to check out I would definitely start looking at some of the schools that are doing a really good job of, of getting that information out. Texas A&M is doing a great job of putting out very regular updates. Um, if you want to take a look at what they're doing, kind of model after that, Baylor as well. So I, I would take a look at them, but also don't neglect some of the smaller schools. University of Arkansas, Fort Smith is doing a really good job. Uh, there are some smaller community colleges as well. Um, so you know, if you're at a smaller school, look at the big schools, but don't forget yeah. your peer institutions as well. There's some folks doing some really good good work in that space, and they're probably having the same problems and resource issues you are. So go out and find yourself some some role models, and I think those are a couple of good places to start with. Uh, Liz Gross and her team over at Campus Sonar are putting out regular social listening uh, briefing updates. Uh, they're doing a, an amazing job. Those you, know, you talked about great things happening in the space and making the most of the situation. Like, yeah, there's a part of me that you know reads those the moment they come out for for really good information, and then the other nerd part of me that's just in awe of the quality of information that's coming out and the, the research that team's doing there. So if you haven't already signed up for their updates, uh, be sure and get on board with that. Uh, and then be sure and kind of look out at your your personal uh, community. Like I said, look at the um, HESM hashtag and all the people out, out there that are just talking about their daily work and, and get on board with that. Cool. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for a normal episode of Thought Feeder. If you'd like, visit our website, thoughtfeederpod.com. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're at ThoughtFeedPod. Thoughtfeedpod.